When we realize how difficult the life we choose is and always will be, then we can have compassion for ourselves and everyone else in our lives. Hey, you just heard a little passage from my book, Nowhere to Go, and it fits well into today's podcast, actually over the next few weeks, and we'll be sharing with you my journey into the vision fast. I'm back with a Friday flow and the series about my vision fast. What a insane few weeks it's been integrating back into society. It all started at the airport in LA with the crazy flight cancellations, losing my bag, which I still haven't got, and just really being tested and thrown back into the chaos of life. And I am reminded that every day there will be a struggle and that life happens for us, not to us. And I know that's easier said than done, but when we can close our eyes, take a deep breath and connect with ourselves. I mean, really connect with ourselves. We can see the beautiful gifts that are all around, which we are usually clouded by a lens because we are so used to moving fast in life. There's a section in my book called Colorblind where I talk about metaphorically speaking, shame, pain, anger, resentment, and all the distractions in my life were protection mechanisms stamped on my heart from previous life experiences. As a result, I basically walked around like a headless human and I did what I needed to do to survive and saw the world in a black and white manner. Of course, my heart was always open, my soul was already there, but I stayed closed off for years because I was living someone else's story. Then at 35, my heart was shattered open. First I got divorced and then I got sober and now I'm here. And so today's podcast is about my journey into the unknown, into the wild, wild west. It's really part two of a six-part series, and I'm going to share my story with you. Bits and pieces I'm going to leave out because that's my gift, but I really want to share my story because part of my mission in the world is to empower you to overcome the toughest days of your life by sharing my story authentically. And when I do that, I allow you to really connect with your heart, find your voice, and unlock your potential. And stories are a magnificent way for us to feel connected. Speaking of stories, if you haven't got my book, it's available everywhere. Books are sold, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. I got some really cool things coming up for the holidays, so make sure to stay tuned. I got some merchandise coming out. I'm very excited about the way that the brand of the art of tough transitions are going. We got the book club uh, on underway. I got a few people signed up for that, and just really cool seeing all these things come together. So thanks for being here. If you're listening to this, make sure you leave me a review, tag me, share it wherever you're listening to it. Lots of love. And today, let's get into Friday's Flow, where you're going to learn a little bit about my journey into Death Valley and really how you can maybe take a, a different approach to your life right now and the struggles that you're facing. Let's get into it.
Hey, I'm George Clancy, and welcome to the Art of Tough Transitions podcast. I'm a writer, I'm a personal coach, I'm dad, but more importantly, I'm exactly like you. I know what it feels like to want to reach into your past and change anything you could have done differently to erase all the events that you wish didn't happen. You know, after going through my own rebirth, I've realized there really is nowhere to go in our lives. Then maybe the purpose of our lives is to not try to change the outcome of what we might be facing, but to simply be with our lives with as little as resistance as we can create. You know, if everything starts with a story, these stories I will share and the guests I will bring on will give you the power to free yourself from the heaviness you might be feeling during your transition. The purpose of this podcast is to show you that you are not alone in the world. Whatever is happening at this moment in your life, when you feel lost, couldn't have happened any other way because it didn't. When you find the strength to step towards living the edges of the unknown, you begin to accept your entire life story rather than resist it. You know, one day you'll be able to look back and see that this day was a defining moment for you. You might not see this right now because you are finding ways to step between the spaces, but I promise you will love, you will laugh and smile again. Someday you will tell your story that the challenges you are facing right now did not crush your soul, break your heart. They made you open because your voice matters. It always has. And so do you. Welcome to the Art of Tough Transitions podcast. Out here in the Wild West, you'll face the test of life in these magnificent sights when you face your dark side and ponder the question, who am I? Those were the words I wrote in my journal as we ventured off into the unknown. The dry air and the serene desert caverns extended into the untouched territory as far as my eyes could see. For some, this was a beautiful territory. For me, a dark reminder of a past that haunts me from memories in Iraq and Afghanistan. As we turned off into the highway, I reeked of internal fear that others could feel and see. I'm tense and quiet while the other men chat about the terrain. The only way to get to the Wild West was to admit you're crazy enough to dive into the desert where no man has walked for many moons. It's in the middle of Death Valley, and there's no one around for at least 50 miles. Maybe the occasional dune buggers here and there out on adventures, but no one was around. Part of me is worried about the level of tension I have to face and why I'm here in the middle of nowhere. It's been a long few years for me and for many of you. And I know right now, as I venture into the unknown, it's going to be a long 10 days. In about an hour, we arrive at our first threshold. I step outside the vehicle, subconsciously searching my surroundings for any sights of threat. One of the guides come over, touches my shoulder to reassure me I'm in the right place without saying a word. Sean was his name, and he brought hundreds of men across the threshold of life and knew that nothing needed to be said except a reassuring hand. There was a grounding energy about Sean. He felt alive and free, and I didn't really know him personally. We just met on a few Zoom calls. But I'll tell you what, if I were heading back into the war, he would be the leader I'd turn to when shit hit the fan. He had equal parts of confidence and humility. In his presence, I felt safe. I felt confident. And I'm glad, because it would have been a long nine days if I kept thinking about Afghanistan and Iraq. Now, before we head into base camp, I can be open to the darkest parts of my soul. If you read my book, you know I've wanted to die for a long time, both physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. I've had this intimate relationship with death and darkness. 
And I've been reading about the soul and initiation since I first started men's work after my divorce. You could say that I went through many types of initiations in life, from the Marine Corps to divorce, fatherhood. But many of those are what I've learned acquired initiations and acquired threshold crossings. They're not something that is required of us as a man. And so vision quests are traditionally known from various tribes for thousands of years. But the modern day quest, it really serves as a solo trip into the unknown to answer the question of who am I? It's known to be this multi-sensory experience in a way that forces you to grapple with the darkest parts of your soul. Because the soul is dark, hence the dark night of the soul. And I've heard stories of men who cross the threshold and their gift to the world is incredible. They had visions, connected with ancestors, danced, cried, played. And when they shared their stories around the fire, reliving trauma, they emerged stronger from it. That's how the world worked back then. The stories they shared were strange, but they were a potent elixir for many generations. And so here I am, in the middle of nowhere, feeling at home, knowing that I'm not the only crazy motherfucker about to do this. Today, all across the world, the Vision Fast holds space for many men and women. I call them soul seekers. They believe when you fast four days and nights in the mountains or in the caverns of Death Valley, you will find your soul and answer some of your deepest desires in life. Some even say you can break ties with addictions and a past that doesn't serve you. And while it's not as easy as it seems, or maybe it's not as popular as ayahuasca or some of the other spiritual ceremonies, fasting is definitely gaining popularity. And silence is the key to the freedoms that we all seek in life. At least that's what I believe. And so, People ask me, you know, what is a vision fast? <laughs> I think a vision fast is simple to explain and understand. Here's why. It's your way out there when you're alone in the unknown. The modern day world has instilled fear, self-doubt, and disassociation from our hearts and souls. So really, the best way to find yourself, the best way to connect with your soul, the best way to open your heart is to really detach from life and sit all alone with no distractions to connect with your ancestral roots. And so a vision fast, it allows you to be born again because the experiences it delivers are unique to you as a soul. And so here I am, almost 38 years old. I reflected on the types of initiations I've had in life. And in this process, I started to read other stories and visions and then all of a sudden I just stopped. I didn't want to read about others' quests anymore because I didn't want to have high expectations. For the longest time in life, I've looked at to what others done and compared myself to them and wanted to be like them or even be better. And that's part of being human. But I suspect the desert has a lot to teach me about accepting the parts of myself that I do not like so I can live a more authentic life. And so here I am, about to die in Death Valley. If you read my book, you know I've done a lot of work on myself to get to this point. 
or if you followed me and listened to this podcast, you can probably see the transformation happening. Maybe you've even seen how life-altering leading with your heart can be. And so I know that fasting is going to offer me the courage to write another story in life. This isn't just something that I do. It's a way of living. And there's three parts to really initiation, which I'll talk about later. But I feel as if every experience in my life brought me here right now. And what I will find out there will tie it all together in some insane work of art. And I know it's not going to be some pretty bow or magnificent picture filled with colors. It's going to be dark and gruesome as I fight for my death and search for my soul in the unknown. I believe that this fast that I'm about to go on, I'm reading this in past tense, is going to set me free. It's as if each year of my life were a chapter, and this ritual is a peak in the story, but it's not a happy ending. Demons will be everywhere, from sexual addictions to binge drinking to the people I've hurt the haunted memories of my past, and the voices that creep along my bedside that whisper words of insecurity capable of starting a war. They're all going to be there waiting for me out there in the unknown. The fear that is deep within will cause me to do some serious soul searching, and I can't run. So if the training I've done in the Marines (laughs) and all the men's work in writing We're just some shitty drafts in life with, of course, some cool chapters here and there. Then I believe that this vision fast is going to be the polished manuscript to the first of many more novels in my life. Hey, fasting's not for everyone. And I almost didn't make it out there. That is, not until I went on a hike in late August, early September, something around that. Nothing felt right for me in life. Book was coming out, and I was worried that I was just coasting in life again. And that also that the vision fast would just be bullshit. How many times have you done something where you felt like nothing changed? Well, it's not that experience, it's you, right? So I reached out to some of the other men in the group who assured me they were feeling similar experiences about their fasting preparation. And so there I was, one morning, a few weeks before fasting, I found myself at the base of a 5,000-footer in New Hampshire. I'm on a mission to complete all 48 peaks over 4,000 in Hampshire. Doesn't seem like a lot. And if you live in Colorado or some higher mountains, you're like, 5,000-footers, those are nothing. Come to New Hampshire and hike the whites. You'll see what I'm talking about. Or if you have, you know what I'm talking about. Anyways, I've been pushing the limits of my body with breath work and detaching from bullshit identities in life by getting away to the mountains. I've been connecting with my heart. I've been trying to shed layers. And so as I started to hike, I met a man with a small pack and some water. Here I was, overprepared like always, too many things in life that I do not need. And we're at the crosswords in our path where we could decide to ascend a vertical climb called the flume slide, which is pretty much a rock straight up, or take an alternate route to Mount Liberty. We chatted briefly and chose to take the road less traveled. I don't know why we did. 
But something that day shifted. What's crazy is after a few weeks of rain, the slide was challenging. And it kind of reminded me of the metaphor in life. How often do we stay stuck in our ordinary world where we have the choice to choose to take the road less traveled, knowing that it could lead to something greater or stay stuck in our ordinary world despite wanting to change, despite wanting to challenge and just complain about our life. And so as we chatted about life on our hikes, I found out that we were from the same hometown. And he was asking me about my book and he got excited and we were just chatting about leadership and life. And he's in his 50s. And I discovered as we hit the top of the mountain and the clouds broke coverage that what we seek in life is not what our heart needs. <laughs> that I was living the wrong story for all the wrong reasons. And that at the top of the mountain reminded me that I am an open-hearted warrior and a kind, loving father and man. And we had an amazing day. At the end of our hike, we exchanged information, and I felt a shift deep within my body. It's like even though I wrote a book about nowhere to go and acceptance in life, I somehow was still fighting that. But that day, I dropped into my body. I felt my heart, and I accepted my life. Leaving that mountain was the first time I'd ever felt like this. You know, I've been hoping for some crazy sign to meet my soul, to transform, you know, because I've heard a lot of them. But everything I ever needed was right there. I just needed to take the road less traveled. Because if you know me, Marines are trained to survive, and that's exactly what I've been doing. But I don't want to hold on anymore. And so up there, I let go. I was just too blind to see the many interpretations in life that were around me when you really just detach from the world's expectations of who you think you need to be, right? Those shoulds. Because we're in a place of shoulds. We deny all the amazing opportunities that are in front of us. And so that, in short, was what committed me to going out to Death Valley because I almost backed out multiple times. I think of this hike as we prepare to go into base camp out there. We gather our gear and prepare to cross our first threshold into the unknown. No technology, no distractions. It's just you and the ancient hills beneath your feet. For the next eight days, I'll be here in the desert and only here as I am blessed with a wonderful opportunity to get disconnected from the world and connected to what matters most. The only thing I think about the most is my daughter, Melina. Before I left, I told her I was hiking in the mountains, there'd be no service. But try explaining that to a five-year-old who's brought up in a world of technology. It's almost impossible for them to understand. But I digress. As we prepare to head into base camp, I'm excited, scared, and anxious that this could be another one of those experiences that caused me to do nothing in life. But I close my eyes, take a breath, kneel at the threshold, put my palms in the dirt, feel the earth, little tear drops down into the ground, say a little prayer to myself, 
and venture into the unknown. One breath, one beat, one step at a time. This week is going to change my entire lineage. And to be continued next week on another Friday Flow. Hey, thank you for listening to my story about my vision quest. It really means a lot to me that you're here supporting my mission to empower you to overcome the toughest days of your life by sharing my story. And essentially, the recap of today is the deeper you go within yourself, the more you can take down the walls to see the beautiful colors of life in front of you. It's not easy, but with daily practice and commitment, with intention and clarity in your life, the world can be your guide. And the vulnerability that you feel as you connect to your heart, connect to your breath, will show you that what you silently seek in life is fundamentally yours to own. And no one can take that away from you. Thanks for listening. Have an amazing day. Again, if you found this podcast useful, share it, tag it, review it, and go check out my book, Nowhere to Go. It's available everywhere books are sold. Have an amazing weekend.